Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's never just one person's fault with situations. The players haven't been good enough. The managers haven't done what was needed, obviously, because they're not in jobs still. And the running of the club hasn't been as good as it, as it could be. There's no doubt in my mind what a player is, an absolute beast of a player. He's a, a real player's player, one that you can see all of the messages that have flown in since his decision to leave. I'm actually scared about tonight's game. How's that? I actually think any results on the cards. What's your thoughts on uh, Lampard and Gerrard? I think they'll get through both, both of them. I think it, it's, listen, it's been difficult. I think it's a bad window in terms say of... That again, say that again with more confidence, please. Vibe with fire, vibe with fire, and you already know what it is. It's a vibe with fire, vibe with fire, and you already know this. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for this week's episode of Vibe with Fire, part one. You've got myself here, Joel Bayer, top of the league. And yes, you've got here, Rio Ferdinand, Stephen Housen, bottom of the league, playing Liverpool tonight, probably going to get washed 4-0. Okay, cool, guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry to jump on you so hard. Actually, I'm not. Um, big weekend of football that's happened. Uh, and obviously the big game tonight. And there's also protests going on. There's quite a lot going on. So we wanted to get part one going and we got part two after the game. So please make sure that you uh, tune in for that as well. Make sure you like, share, comment and subscribe. Steve, I want to kick it off with you. Protests very, very, very quickly. What's going on up there in Manchester? Still unrest? Glazers? Who are we why wouldn't there be unrest? Why would, why would there not be unrest? I, I, how many times do we need to explain it to everybody here? Anyone who's a Manchester United fan is fully aware, right? I've seen people on TV not getting corrected, which annoys the hell out of me. Going, the Glazers have spent money. The Glazers haven't spent anywhere near as much as I've spent at that club, right? The Glazers don't spend money. The Glazers have allowed us to use some of the income that the club makes. Cheers. Nice one. All right. But you've still but you've still been able to purchase players, right? Right, yeah, but we've spent more on the debt just because they're our owners than we have on transfers. I'll tell you what, the rest of the Premier League is lucky that United have had the Glazers. Because that extra one point five billion, one point six billion, if that had gone into players, like even Steven Gerrard could have won the league with this United team. If we'd have had that extra one point six million spent on it. Like, listen, listen, listen. I <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Obviously, it's very. Oh, real. We're talking about your two friends here, by the way. For for, for a club to be run and their well. managerial abilities. Oh, we're going to talk about Lampard and, and Gerard. Them them guys. It's peak. Um, but yeah, Steve. What I'm saying is, again, not being a Man United fan, the way I look at it, I just think it's almost like a bit of an excuse. You guys have blamed managers. You've blamed players, and now there's almost no one else to blame. And it's like, oh yeah, let's blame the Glazers again. I don't think How that's many... right. I think, I think the Glazers have always had, there's been a section of the May United following Which that haven't been happy with, with the Glazers. That's been going on since, since the years. day dot. They won. Um, but I think it's, it's, when you look at this football, it's never just one person's fault with situations. The players haven't been good enough. The managers haven't done what was needed, obviously, because they're not in jobs still. And the running of the club hasn't been as good as it, as it could be. So all of, it, if all of those areas are, aren't in the, the top echelon in terms of quality, then you're not going to be successful. That's that's that's, that's true. Fans weren't happy with the Glazers when Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill were here, but that David Gill and Sir Alex Ferguson ran the club 
like with a fine tooth comb and and had it supremely running that with success for for the period of time they were together so so they had a machine that was very well old so that was almost counterbalancing anything that might have been going on over here there wasn't maybe maybe not, not working with the glazers but now it seems that it, all of the areas aren't functioning properly and like Ralph Rangnett said, heart surgery needs to be done. And we laughed at the time when he said that, but he was absolutely right. Steve? Yeah, ultimately, the performance of an organisation is down to the person at the very, very top of that. Very often you see managers losing the job because of the performance of players. Well, the performance of a club is just a, a, a level up of that. So if the club is not performing... If the club is being uh, overtaken by its rivals off the field when it comes to commercial deals, if the club is being overtaken um, with what once was the jewel in the Premier League crown when it came to Stadia with the with Old Trafford, has been now overtaken. It's dirty. It needs a baby wipe and a karcher and a little bit of TLC, right? If Carrington was once the the cutting edge, when was the last time you heard anyone say cutting edge blah, blah, blah at Carrington? It was when it opened in early 2000s. It, it had all extra sports science and this, that, and the other. And I imagine when Rio was first taken around there in summer 2002, they were talking about all these things that were the cutting edge of sports science. If you walk around there now, they maybe don't even have all of the things that they had in 2002. Look, now, Steve, I completely agree with you in terms of the stadium. But I think training grounds, I think it's, it's, been, it's happened over the years. We, Arsenal produced a great state-of-the-art training ground years ago, and, and everyone was like, wow, this is a new level. And then you look 10 years later, it was quite tired, and then they've got to revamp it. You, you saw loads of, st- loads of training grounds. You go, well, that, that's good back then. And you would have said Melwood would have been good at some point. Like the old training ground, May United, one they used to have before Carrington, you just said that one would have been good. And then, then you just level up. I think May United, yes, need to level up in that sense. But uh, you look at Cobham now, Chelsea, Man City's has gone to another level. Spurs now is the, is the benchmark, it seems. So every new one that comes Leicester. raises the bar. Leicester. Every new one that comes raises the bar. And I think Man United, I think, yes, I think everyone's right, needs to be pushed now to go again and become the benchmark. But I think that does happen. And so I think just the, the training ground is probably less of a concern because I think it will, you'd like to think that it will rise up again. But the stadium, how it's been able to kind of get into the position that it's in now, where you look at it and go, it's only history and the, and the memories that it evokes is the, the, the great thing about it. When you look at it, it's still an imposing stadium, but it's not state of the art. It isn't. It isn't. It hasn't been brought up to to speed in terms of where we are now. You go to Spurs, and you go, then you come back to to, to Old Trafford, and you think, "Wow, it's like the Four Seasons versus the Premier Inn." Wow. And th- there's all sorts you could do to improve the stadium um, as a fan, uh, you know, and from a commercial perspective. Like you see Real Madrid when they un- unveil players, they have that room which has got all of their Champions Leagues in it, and it looks amazing. There isn't a single room. That, that photograph that you always see from United's Museum is all stuff like the NI Super Cup, all those random little one off tournaments, like that Bangkok Century Cup or whatever it was that we won at the weekend. That'll be in there. There yeah, isn't a yeah. room with like seven English football titles and 13 Premier League titles in there. And for yeah. me, that should be. Because that would be the most iconic photo you ever had when you visited Old Trafford, wouldn't it? I, Every I, fan. I, do you know what, Steve? That's a great point. I went to LA Dodgers Stadium this summer. They've had a revamp. Their, face, their, their stadium has been kind of refaced. Uh, they didn't move locations. And they have like a tunnel before the players go out that has like all of their 
most distinguished players and all of their their um, biggest accolades, biggest titles that they've won, just that mirrors you down the side. It's unbelievable. And you get chills. So yeah. you imagine that, that, mate, there's there's so many, you could go to so many stadiums and take great things from the stadiums and, and, and put it in yours to have that huge impact. But yeah, there, there isn't that. I understand totally. Man United's biggest thing is when you go there, you go, whoa, the memories. You, it starts coming and jumping out to you immediately. But there isn't nothing aesthetically that makes you go, wow, anymore. It's, it's, yeah. it's the times imagine opposition player when they pull the coach up to that back door right imagine there was a wall there and you had to walk through 20 massive oh. murals of Roy Keane in the 2003 title you know Roy Keane with the 99 or the 2000 or 2000 all of our captains with uh with lifting a title big mural of it and maybe even like a replica of the cup at the bottom of it lit up oh. you as an opposition player as you walk in there and Joel for a big club like us there's a lot of trophies that you'd have to walk past like you yeah. could, it'd be right into the car park in the Stratford end. Trophy yeah. after trophy after trophy after trophy. Players and not, not a single Audi Cup in sight. Like just big, expensive trophies like Champions Leagues and stuff like that. <laughs> you walk past all of those as a player. I'd make them walk as well. Make them walk. Make them Joe, walk past Joe, it and Joe, get Joe in the red. Joe can't chat about this stuff. He can't feel this stuff, Steve. So keep going. Go on. St- you stay like, quiet. Right now. That's where's the intimidation factor? Like I, I watch a lot of, um, there's some great content on YouTube that people make about some of the stadiums and some of the facilities in American college sports. And it blows my mind. Some of the facilities that college sports get is insane. And it shits on the premier league, not just United. It shits on the premier league. Some of the facilities are unreal, but I love the shithousery. I love how some dressing rooms have just got benches too low for the opposition. And there's like L shapes in there. So the manager can't talk to them. Where are we messing about the opposition? Where are we trying to get 1% here and there? Like, walking past all our trophies. Let them know this is Old Trafford. Have a bar you know, there with all the fans. Steve, just the intimidating walks. Having those intimidating walks, you used to have, like, stadiums that will go, let's put the heaters on when it's really hot, or let's put no heating on when it's freezing in January, and you'd walk in there and there'd be no tea because it's, it's freezing cold and you ask for a tea, nada. There's no, there's no um, tea-making service today, etc. Anything, them little small one percenters. Yeah. Whereas I, I agree with you. If you walk into a stadium now and there's them big murals or the, the big trophies lit up, it looks really, really plush. And it's just a statement that goes, you know what, you're coming here. You have to beat this this history. Look at what's gone. We're winners, proven winners. Do you know what I mean? We ain't got none of that, them little details. Two, I'd do two things, right? I'd build a bar in the Stratford end where that car park is, a supporters club, and I'd have it open with barriers along it one side, so you get a load of lads that have been on the sesh just giving it you as you get off the coach and you've got to walk past 200 metres of them to get in there. And then on the other side, you've got all of the trophies lit up and all the murals. So whichever way you look, you've got fans on the left giving it you and then you've got all the murals Ooh. and you go, oh. And you will win some games on that. Not all Ooh. of them, obviously, but you you will have a couple of players who shrink on the back of that. And that's, you know, when we, that's when those we used percentages. To when we used to turn up to the games, we did used to have like a couple of thousand people would be out there waiting. So when an opposing team coming in, that's, that's, that's intimidating when you see that. All the home support waiting there for their yeah. coaches to come in and waiting for, to intimidate you. But listen, it's changed now. I mean, it, we need, it needs a revamp, definitely. So it'd be noisy tonight, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, with the protests that are going on, I, I'm sure they'll be reported on widely. How much it actually affects the Glazers, I have no way of knowing. Is it going to affect whether they sell or not? I have no way of knowing. It's on if someone meets their valuation of it, I'm pretty sure. That's it. 
to do with the protest, I've been asked that. Do I do I agree with it? I'm I'm not a person who's a, a, against protesting. I think people have the right to protest as long as it's done peacefully. I think that's the big thing for me. A peaceful protest isn't something that I'm against. And I think if the fans feel that that's the way they want to uh, voice their or show that they're 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 concerned for certain issues, then then so be it. Like I agree with you, Steve. Whether that resonates with the people that are concerned and that they're protesting too. Um, will, will remain to be seen. But unless someone comes with that big fat checkbook and the number that they want, they're not going to budge. Steve, um, I can tell this is this is a deep issue. And I do feel sorry for the football fans themselves from a football perspective. But then there's the other side where it's just, I don't know, Man United fans, in it? Sticking on the Man United topic, can you let us know your thoughts on the new signing? 70 million euros? 30 years old. Yes, we know he's a good player. I saw him in the Champions League final re when we were when uh, Liverpool played Real Madrid, and he was honestly my man of the match. I'm not just saying it. He was really energetic, top, 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 exciting. Top, top, top like, but do you think Real Madrid have looked and thought 70 mil? No one's ever going to offer this kind of money again. Bargain. We'll go for it. Yeah, potentially. I think you know they've they've done really well. Their rebuild happened in about a fortnight. I think they they you know they signed Camavinga last year. They they blooded him in slowly. He had a brilliant impact of bringing Chuamani this summer. They pretty much get most of his feedback off United for a thirty year old that's been there a long time now. Incredible business that from Real Madrid. As far as United are concerned, my only issue with the fee is if it hampers us signing other positions because United need three four positions. It is a lot of money. And he is 30 years old. So there's absolutely zero resale value in him from United. I do question why he wants to come to United um, at this stage of his career and, and, and at where Manchester United are at the moment. He's got the potential to be a cult hero. And he's got the potential to be a brilliant signing. He is, in many ways, exactly what United are missing. I think he'll be perfect for the Premier League. I think from a physical point of view, um, I think from a leadership point of view, he could be very, very beneficial. I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, my doubts on him are it's clearly not first choice for Ten Hag, so it's a bit of a make-do. Now, not a bad make-do, clearly. Still a hell of a footballer. But, uh, you know, motivation's a big thing for me. He's been there, seen it, done it all at Real Madrid. Does he have the motivation to try and drag a bang average United side that's trying to get to that level Real Madrid was? You know, we're, we're rebuilding the 2014 Champions League winning team. If we wanted to rebuild that, Rio would be pulling his boots on. You know what I mean? Like, we should be looking for the next Casemiro and finding that guy rather than spending 70 million on the actual Casemiro with potentially questionable motivations. I think he'll be good. Like, it's not even a question, is he an upgrade on, on Fred and McTominay in that position? One of the things I always say with signings is, can you improve your first 11 with him? If that guy doesn't necessarily improve your first 11, what's the point? So... Does Casemiro improve our first 11? Undoubtedly. No, undoubtedly does. So from that aspect, positive. Um, you know, and, and I've been wrong with, with older players that have moved to the Premier League before. I thought Thiago Silva was going to get eaten up and uh, that has not been the case in the slightest. He's been sensational. So if he has the sort of impact Thiago Silva's had, brilliant signing. Rio, um, thank you very much, like I said the other day, for giving us that view. But... Do you honestly, hand on heart, just straight up question, do you reckon he will be successful or are we going to see another Varane in the Premier League? 
there's no doubt in my mind what a player is, an absolute beast of a player. He's a, a real player's player, one that you can see all of the messages that have flown in since his decision to leave from his teammates, the respect and the appreciation for him as a player, undoubted. Um, I just hope he isn't sucked up by the lack of confidence and negativity that surrounds this football club and this team at the moment, which has happened to many players that have come in who we've expected great things from and haven't quite got to the level that we've seen from them before. So I just hope he isn't a, a victim of, of, of the environment that he goes into. And that's the big issue for, for any players that are coming to, to a club when they're lacking confidence like Man United are at the moment. All right, last questions on uh, Man United. Obviously, you've got the big game, Liverpool, tonight. Can I please get your starting 11 predictions and your score predictions as well, please? I have a big one. I think Cristiano Ronaldo won't play tonight. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Oh wow. I, I I just think he won't play him. I don't think he's. I think that there's something inside me that just thinks that he's not going to pick him, um, and he's going to he's he's going to go and thicken things up maybe in midfield a little bit. Um, I think he'll try and press still. I think he'll still try and impose his own game and DNA on this this game. Um, I think. If Varane, if Varane's fit, I think Varane starts. Um, they're the two big ones for me that I think will be be the case today. Yeah. I saw that, yeah, M- Maguire wasn't training as the pair. It's been Martinez and Varane that's been in the news. So I think that would look Steve smiling. Steve, over to you quickly, please. After the performance at Old Trafford last year, Harry Maguire should never play against Liverpool ever again. Like, that was one of the most... <laughs> horrendous performances I've ever seen. Rio, what's the first thing to teach you about defending in the front post? Never let anyone run across it, right? The guy's just like opening a red carpet out for Salah to get across him at the front post. Just basics of basics. If you've been done by skill and Salah's a skillful player, okay, fine. But such a basic of, as movement across your front post, unforgivable. And all he lost his job probably on that Predictions, please, please, predictions. Right. My, my 11, I go with Delo, Malassia, Verano Martinez. I think that could actually start playing out a little bit uh, under the press mm. that you'll get from Liverpool. Unfortunately, I think the midfield is where it'll break down because it's going to have to be McTominay and Fred um, just for raw energy. And I didn't actually consider going false nine with Bruno, but I think Rio could have a point there. It's not what I've picked, so I'm going to stick with what I've picked. I think Bruno will be in the 10, um, and I think Ericsson will probably lose his place. Although it wouldn't be surprising to see Ericsson over Bruno in this. Uh, and then Rashford, Sancho, Ronaldo up front because there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, I, I, I'm I scared. Be- just, just to, before we move on, I'm actually scared about tonight's game. How's that? I actually think any results on the cards. Let's not forget, Liverpool haven't won either. And you better believe if they don't win tonight and oh, oh, we go above them tonight, Klopp's getting it. Both barrels. Wow, boy. Yeah, but I'm still scared. 
<laughs> I would be as well if I was 19th. Anyway, um, let's let's move on to more positive. Real. Do you remember when we won four out of five games at the start of last season? Um, yeah. Was we getting touched up the way Arsenal are getting touched up at the minute? No, no, no. It's no, unreal, no, no. isn't it? No, no, no. It's a, it's a loving for Arsenal. And I've got to say, like, Joe, man, it's changed for you, isn't it? Because you were Arteta out for a while, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was Arteta out, you know? It's all changed now, look. This is, but this is this is why he is the manager and I'm not. This is why I'm sitting down here with you guys. Do you know what I mean? I'm not out there making the right decisions. He is, which moves us on perfectly for Bournemouth, nil, Arsenal, three across the weekend. What did you say about Martin Odegaard the other day? You said, said that, that the armband that, was going to weigh too heavy on him. No, no, I said it could. I said there's, there's, there's a chance that it could because some people, when they get the armband, it changes them. He started the season off brilliantly. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, as a player, I really like Odegaard. Last season, he was fantastic. He's been a wonder kid from like 13, 14, 15 years old. Everyone's known about this kid. And now he's starting to show why. And I think that you either get one of two things. The armband either weighs heavily on you or it enables you to grow and become an even better player with the responsibility. And at the moment, listen, three games in, he's looking like he's, he's making him a bigger player, bigger personality, bigger character. He's grown into the role. So great. Good luck to him. Yeah, I mean, amazing performance from the boys across the weekend. You see Gabriel Jesus weaving in and out in there. Like, Honestly, I'll tell you what i got to throw it in there. I was in Saudi Arabia for the uh, AJ fight and uh, me and my Saudi brothers, we were watching it. Like We've got a big fan base out there, you know, big, big club worldwide. And um, I'll tell you what, I was just I was just proud. I was proud of the guys. Uh, you could tell that when someone made a mistake, there was an urgency to to win the ball back. I see Xhaka, even though there were some mistakes there, we're not perfect yet, but you can see the energies there, party. Uh, I'm absolutely loving it. Even when the subs are coming on, Emil Smith-Rowe, a perfect time for him to get his fitness back, you know. Only playing 13 minutes here and there, like him and Eddie and Ketia, but it's a good vibe. Everyone feels as if they're part of the squad, you know. There's that, a that's, unity that's the difference. There. I think that's the difference, Joel, with this Arsenal team at the moment. Three games in, by the way, but there seem to be a complete buy-in from all the players at the moment. And, and far too often in recent years, there's been someone in the team that has been a bit disgruntled, it's gone public, and there's been a lot of, like, unrest behind the scenes, uh, and in, obviously in, in, in front of our eyes in the media for us to all sit and, and look at and and, dis, and and decipher. So this is the most kind of stable and calm Arsenal camp that I've seen for many years. So it's, it's playing out right at the moment in the right way. Once you have a little bit of a, a wobble, a game or two where it doesn't come off you, that's where I'll, I'll, I'll be judging how you, yeah. where you guys are. Well, thankfully that hasn't happened yet. We're sitting top of the league. Um, just, um, just a quick question, Joel. Where did you have Bournemouth coming this year? What do you mean? Well, again, well, uh, uh, the Emirates. No, where, did you have them, what, where did you predict them to finish? Fourteenth, thirteenth. <laughs> no, you said relegation, bro. <laughs> Rio, where did you have them coming? Yeah, relegated. Mm, okay. Uh, no, no, no further questions, Joel. Right, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right, what we'll about see. Chelsea, by the way? Whoa. Chelsea getting smacked up. Le- Leeds, bro. Rio, did you become a Leeds fan again? Oh no, my no, gosh! No, 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 yeah. no, not at all, not at all. But 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 you know what? This new manager at Leeds, the way he's got him going. Do you see his press conference the day before as well? By the way, saying about like he thinks that two shows, two shows should be banned. He should have like it's a red card. He shouldn't be there, etc. So it lit 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 the uh, the match before the game was even even gone. But it's Leeds, yeah. That place when it's bouncing is a hard place to play. I played there as a home player and an away player, and it was always like whoa. Going in as a way player used to be like, if you ain't on it and they get 
a goal up or something. It's a hard place to turn things around. And obviously, the mistake by Mendy set him off on a, on a, on a, on a bad oh. footing. It was it was a, a crazy mistake. But Leeds, man, a lot of people. I know a lot of people expecting Leeds to go down this season after last season. So they've done all right. They've done you, well. You lose Phillips you know, and, and Raf. I, I didn't think that they had the squad that would be able to do bits, but they look like they're uh, they're playing well. He's done well, Jesse. With them. They're pressing. They're pressing. Yeah, but it's not just that. You got to give a massive shout out to Rodrigo, man. Like he's really stepped up. Even though Bamford, you know, I love Bamford, but he's made out of paper, isn't he? Really. So uh, <laughs> the fact that he's not he's not playing again. Yeah, Harrison as well. Yeah. So uh, you know, for me, I reckon. They're definitely going to do well. They'll definitely finish above United, no doubt there. Um, moving on to <laughs> Man City. Man City drawing with Newcastle free all. What a game, man. Damn. Fantasy oh, points well. galore, lad. Well, yeah. did you see the pass from De Bruyne for the, for the third goal? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, get yourself an opportunity to sit down and have a cup of tea and just watch it. Do mm-hmm. Exquisite. He didn't. It, the midfielder it went through his legs, I think, as well. The opposition midfielder from about five, ten yards. What mm-hmm. a pass! But mm-hmm. um, no, you know what? I, I think Harland, man, just looks dangerous. Just dangerous. He's there. He's getting chances. His movements a joke. Um, they're just working out how to play with him. And then once that clicks properly, with all of the people that can provide the, the chances for him, the guy's going to score goal after goal after goal, man. And, and I, I must say, before we talk about that as well, Newcastle. I think since I think I don't know if it, since Eddie Howe's been there, they've had some ridiculous return in terms of points. Um, yeah. They'll be like fifth or sixth or something like that. And they're, 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 the way that they played, and I think yes, but that game we saw, I think, is a a clear picture of how he wants them to play. He wants them to be brave. He wants them to be on the front foot against any team that they play against. And they have players that can be game changers. And I think Maxim, so Maximum was yes, he was exquisite. Ooh. And I haven't seen anyone give Carl Walker a run around like that. For a long time, and he was he was brilliant. And it's it's another place we just talked about atmospheres at Ellen Road, St James's. I was there back in the last season. When that place is bouncing, yeah. them fans there—they're some of the best fans you're going to get anywhere in the world of football because they're just so loud. They support their team properly when they're, especially when they're doing well. And we've seen that. And now there's a bit of confidence creeping into that place. And when they get momentum. They're going to be in our team with the backing that they've got as well financially. Man, no, they, they obviously. Bruno Gamara's doing bits and all. Oh. Actually, speaking of another midfielder that was doing bits this week, um, Wolves and uh, Tottenham. I thought Wolves was unlucky, actually. It was a tight yeah. game. It was a tight yeah, game. Yeah, it was, it was a hell of a tight game. game they just shoot from everywhere, don't they? Rio, what's your thoughts on Harry Kane breaking the goal record for for Spurs? Obviously, there's no there's no trophies that come with that, but you know, you you got to take your hat off to him, man. You, uh, yeah, yeah they cool. haven't won trophies, and I knew that was going to be one of your points, Joe, when we spoke about it before. But in terms of just pure goals, man, this geezer is as good as it comes. You can't deny that. I think that he's going to be chasing down Alan Shearer's Premier League goal goal record. I think whether he gets to it or not, I'm not sure, but. This guy to score 250 goals anywhere, let alone at like one club that and a club that hasn't been anywhere near in winning the league other than one year in his time when he's been there is some feat, man. And he's he's finishing his incredible. There ain't been too many players in, in in Premier League recent years since he's been playing that have made you draw like gasps in terms of finishing as much as him. He'd be up there in your top three or four in terms of like crazy finishes from mad angles, right and left foot. 
Scores all types of goals. I love him. I love Harry Kane. I've got to be honest. He's all right. Um, I want to quickly skim through through this bit because I've got a couple questions. Well, me and Steve got a couple questions for you, Rio, that you're going to have to answer. Uh, Fulham obviously beating Brentford 3-2. Mitrovic with that last-minute goal. Leicester uh, losing to Southampton. 2-1. 2-1. I reckon it's going to get squeaky bum time for Brendan Rodgers, even though he hasn't been backed. Uh, but the interesting ones I want to focus on, uh, Everton drawing 1-1 with Nottingham Forest and also, um, oh, sorry, let me skim. What's the other one? Yes, Crystal Palace being Aston Villa 3-1. Bro, your your boys, your boys are going to get stacked, Rio. What's your thoughts on uh, Lampard and Gerrard, uh, how they're performing right now and how will it end up with them? Um, I think they'll get through both both of them. I think it's, listen, it's been difficult. I think it's a bad window in terms. Say that of, again. Say that again with more confidence, please. I think it's a bad window <laughs> for Frank so far because the financial fair play situation for him has kind of Achilles healed him a little bit. Um, he's lost with Charleston, <laughs> Dominic Calvert Lewin, both of them. He's two number nines out of the team. Anti Gordon could be he's being courted by Chelsea, it seems. So three of his best attacking players are out of it could could be out of his team. Right? So it's difficult. I don't care if you take you take two stroke three players out of any team that they're most important in terms of goal getting, you'd I think most managers would struggle. Um I think Stevie, he's had a good window in terms of he's been able to spend a good bit of money. Um but it's about gelling that together and getting the right mix of, of those players and at the moment, they've not been able to find that rhythm. Um, but I think in, over the course of a season, if they get that time, I think both of them will come through and they'll be all right. Two totally different circumstances. Lampard's lost players. Ben Godfrey was lost as well, and you didn't mention him. Yeah. Um, Steven Gerrard, looking at the, look at the two 11s, right? Everton's 11 is just looking like an 11 that is getting pure ready to play in the championship, right? Whereas Aston Villa's 11 has got some serious players in it. Luca Dino, obviously Everton lost. Um, Leon Bailey. Um, McGinn starts for most other midfields. Kamara. Watkins. You know what I'm saying? What, what more does he want? What more could he possibly want? The guy's been backed. The guy's been given the players that he needs. He still continues to pick Mings, which shows his decision-making's awful. And, uh, that's it. Where's the pressure on Steven Gerrard that there's been on other managers in this league? Where is it? But, to be you fair, played for Liverpool, Steve, and you've got a bit of yelp with him, haven't you? Why? What did he win at Liverpool? <laughs> Come on, man! He's got the same amount of Premier League winners medals as I've got, mate. Steve, he's also got a Champions League. Don't be silly. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah he did all right drawing his way to a Champions League. Yeah, Look, so. I, I'm looking at looking that he played alongside Alonso and Didier Man, two genuinely good midfielders. Otherwise, they'd have been battered in that final. Flipping XD. Listen, I'm looking at time here and we've got a part two of Vibe with Five that's, uh, that's, we're going to be going live actually after yeah. the Man United versus Liverpool game. So please make sure you stay tuned, log in, make sure you like, share, comment and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You've got here myself, Joel Bayer, top of the league, Rio and Stephen House and somewhere down the bottom. Uh, apologies guys. I said 20 when we started the show. I meant 19th. Sorry about that. 19th in the league and we'll catch you guys soon. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 